If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSEN, the sports betting network. And running on a Tuesday night from the Circus Sportsbook alongside Sean King. I am Tim Murray. We got hockey aplenty. How many bets you got tonight there, Sean? Uh, I have quite a few. <laughs> quite a few. Trying to bounce back after the uh, None bad None more taste. urgent than the Panthers, Islanders. I have the Panthers to win. They're down 2-1. Five minutes left. They're on the power play. One of the Panthers players is yelling at the refs. So I'm assuming this is about to go Four on four. <laughs> uh, it looks like he just got kicked out the game. Oh, there you go. That's always good. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't see that that often. No, you don't. In he, a league where they can actually literally fight. He's a, he's Nikola Jokicing. He's, uh, he's he's out of there. Yeah. Getting ejected. Uh, so, all right. So, we got that going on. We got Pelican Suns coming up in just a moment, uh, which we will get to. And the Heat are trying to put the finishing touches on the Atlanta Hawks here tonight, This will be a terrible beat if you took the Hawks plus eight. Yeah, it has been uh, closing out. The I Heat mean, have terrible. been able to pull away here in uh, in this late game. Um, looking at the total, you're in good shape if you took the under. Uh, this thing was bet up all the way to 221.5 here at Circa, Sean. I mean, this thing opened 217. And depending on where we close this puppy out, we could get a middle situation if the Hawks decide the foul, which they will. And now 
you're looking at a middle opportunity. What was the total? Uh, close 221, and open two, 217. Six, 216 with 30 seconds. Left. Yeah, and you open 217. So the uh, Miami Heat looking to take a 2-0 series lead over the Atlanta Hawks as they lead by 10, and this number closed, depending on where you look, 7.5, mostly 8s out there. 8 at DraftKings, 8 at Westgate, South Point, etc. Here at Circa, closed 7.5. As Tyler Hero at the free throw line, Jimmy Butler getting the uh, the warm ovation as he walks out, and uh, the Heat will head to Atlanta. Much deserved. He played a great game tonight. Jimmy Butler, 45 points. Is that good? Yeah. That's good. 45 points, five rebounds, five assists, two steals, no turnovers. <laughs> that is a tremendous performance from him. And how about this? Duncan Robinson, who was... I wouldn't say the hero, but was one of the main reasons. Ooh, important three for some. It's oh, no. two-pointer. Yeah. But was definitely on the line. But Duncan Robinson, no points tonight. He had 28, I want to say, in game one. Panthers just tied it There up. you go, Sean. There we go, baby. There we go. All right. There's hope. So we got Heat and Hawks going on as we speak. Memphis up at the break on the Minnesota Timberwolves, 60-49. to and a big second quarter for Memphis to extend the lead to 11. Uh, it does look like Atlanta will not foul, and therefore the under will come home unless Tyler Hero is going to get fouled here. Uh, so we're watching the clock. And it is all but over. 115 to 105. This thing is going to go under the closing total. What a middle. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you had the foresight to take – the over at the open and the under at the close, a little four-point window, boom, you nailed it. And uh, 115 to 105, the final. So the Heat win, under on the closing number comes home, over on the opening number comes home. And Jimmy Butler, tremendous in this one, 45 points. As for uh, Trey Young, uh, he had a horrendous performance in game one, a little better, still struggling from, from three, had 10 turnovers today, Sean against Miami. 25 points, 10 turnovers for Trey Young. And we'll see if the Hawks can try to get on the board uh, when they head back home for Game 3 uh, later this week. They've done a great job of defending him, really disrupting his flow, you know, making him have to fight through screens, not fouling, just playing good defense. They have enough length, I think, at the guard position, you know, to force him to take a lot of contested shots. And, and they have him out of his rhythm. You know, but I know the Hawks will feel like all we have to do is get back to Atlanta and defend home court. And that's the great thing about the playoffs. You just have to win one road game, you know, when you're the underdog. So I don't think they're discouraged. I thought they played really good in the first half. I actually got them in game plus two and a half at the end of the first quarter for the first half. So I got really lucky there. I think I won by half. So as the road team this year, the Atlanta Hawks were one of the worst cover teams in all of basketball. They were 15-28, and 28, Sean, mm -hmm. on the road this year, ATS. Uh, so going back home should be uh, you know, a different situation for Atlanta, one of the better cover teams in the regular season, 24-18 and 18 ATS as the home team this year, 57% cover percentage, fifth best in the regular season. So it's been night and day, home and on the road. So we'll see if Atlanta, which... Closed eight, what, they're probably a 
three a three point underdog, something like that. Yeah, we'll see the we'll yeah. see the nine. Well, here. Like eight tonight, right? Yeah, closed eight, open seven, I'll so maybe say, closer to two. Yeah, I'll say maybe two and a half. Yeah, maybe two, two and a half. So we'll see that number here come out shortly. But once again, Miami covered both games at home, one fifteen ninety one over the weekend, and then one fifteen one hundred five here tonight. The under comes home just barely uh, on the closing. Here's line. here's what's interesting for the Heat to be a serious contender. And I threw out the regular season because I think the Heat are built for the regular season. But in the playoffs, they're going to really challenge the Bucks, the Celtics, the better teams in the East. I think Jimmy Butler has to play like this because mm-hmm. that's the one thing this team is devoid of, and that's a true superstar, at least as far as we've seen. So if Butler's going to take this next step, then the Miami Heat are very dangerous. Right, and you saw Jimmy Butler have those types of moments. Game 5, NBA Finals down in the bubble, when, you know the triple-double that he had – and the, the exhaustion picture, and then he couldn't duplicate that in game six, and the Lakers were able to win the championship. But, no, I agree. But this team is deep. You know, that whole heat culture thing, all of that. Uh, but we've talked about it a little bit. This heat team has got to be one of the least talked about one seeds maybe yeah. we've ever seen. I agree. I don't know. Atlanta a couple years ago when they ended up getting swept by the Cavaliers. I mean, those teams weren't really highly talked about. But, I mean, when you talk about the East, you talk about the defending champs. You talk about Boston. You talk about Brooklyn. You don't talk about Miami. Even the 76ers have and started the 76ers. to garner a lot of the attention Absolutely. based on the way you know they've played. You know, they're up 2-0, and everybody that we talked to thought the Raptors yep. you know, had a legit shot to win this series outright. So, Well, on Friday night show, uh, Will Hill, kind of a contrarian like myself. Now, he played it. I didn't. But he said, I kind of like the, uh, the, uh, the Sixers in this series because everybody seems to be on the Raptors. Now, like you said, they go to Toronto as the underdog. You just have to win one game on the road. But at this point, man, it looks like Philadelphia's got uh, got that team kind of in knots. It does. So we'll see. Uh, but no Tyrese Max in north of the border. Have you seen Ben Simmons? I just was asking. For uh, he's playing asking four for, on four, Sean. Yeah, I was asking for a friend. Have you seen him? <laughs> I don't know. He might be playing for Brooklyn at some point in time. <laughs> All right. Uh, second half just underway out in uh, in Memphis. The Grizzlies leading 60-49. to 49. Uh, we'll get you the second half line here in just a moment. But before we move any further, we do have a game coming up here in just a moment. We've got Suns and Pelicans. Your latest line, Sean, is Phoenix laying nine and a half. As you see right there on our screen, DraftKings has ticked this thing up to 10, a total of 221. So not a ton of movement on the total or the spread. Saw a little bit ticked down on the Pelicans, open 10 down to nine and a half. Total at 221.5. What do you expect here in this game? Any bets I think that you've made? Phoenix gets off to a very fast start. I was going to bet Phoenix first quarter, but three I was looking for three. Yeah. It's all the way up to four on stations. Ooh. I could only find three and a half, and right. it was minus 115. So I didn't actually end up betting it, but I do think Phoenix behind the home crowd comes out. Uh, I was talking to JVT earlier today, and he just thinks that the big lineup that the Pelicans start is tough for them. Versus the Suns because it's tough for them to cover the Suns' wing players, you know, with the big guy. So I think Phoenix jumps out. We'll see. All right, Phoenix. Uh, if you can find a three, I would play it. Yeah, three and a half here at Circa. Um, I took a little little nibble. Don't make things interesting. Lay the three and a half first quarter. And uh, Suns did win, held on to cover in game one, one ten to ninety nine over the Pelicans. Uh, Chris Paul was tremendous in that game. Take a look at some of the Chris Paul props tonight. 16 and a half points. He had 30 in game one, 10 and a half assists 
He finished with uh, 10 assists in game one. Can I interest you in some Jonas Valanciunas rebounds? He had 25, Sean, in game one. Over under right now sitting at 12 and a half. Well, it depends. Did you bet the Pelicans? 12 and a half. Did you bet the Pelicans? He had 25 rebounds because they missed 125 shots. He had 13 offensive rebounds. Right. So, I mean, (laughs) you're sitting there hoping that, you know, he doesn't get a chance to get as many rebounds, you know, for pulling for the Pelicans. But very, very interesting game. Uh, I'm interested to watch it. I'm not heavily invested from a wagering standpoint. Yeah. I just think double-digit favorites in the playoffs. Uh, it's dicey. Yeah. No, I, I, dis- I don't disagree. Um, it would be Suns or Pass for me um, just because I think they are just that much better than the Pelicans. Uh, but, they're, I mean, look, we watched the Pelicans. They're a fun team to – uh, to back, they beat the Clippers. You know, we took the, if, the Pelicans in that game. If you force me to play it, I would take the Pelicans in the points. All right. I just don't think McCullough. So you know what? Has as bad of a team, shooting game. Team as he synergy. Did. We're not yeah. going. We're not going to go yeah. against each other here. We're not. We never. We never bet against each other, other than you know the we're countless cigar bets all the do. time we do. Uh, Memphis continuing uh, to hold on to a. 11-point lead right now, that one in the third quarter. Just about to get going, as mentioned, Phoenix and New Orleans. I think closing nine and a half. Uh, I'll roll with JVT. Okay. We'll lay the three and a half in the first quarter. We'll see if Phoenix can get off to a quick start here. Pulling for you guys. And uh, will Jay Crowder have another line of one, one, and one tonight? It was enough in the One point, one. one block, one assist, one rebound. Back in the starting lineup. Suns and Pelicans just about to tip. We'll keep you updated on the other NBA games. And, oh boy, what was said earlier today was something. We'll talk about that on the other side. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening what's up everybody this is Stephen a smith when i'm not at my day job first tape you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen a smith show podcast tune in every monday wednesday and friday at the very least as i bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports pop culture business and politics You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine. Nicotine pouches are smoke-free and spit-free and are made with food-grade ingredients. Simply open the child-resistant lid and place the pouch between your upper lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zen is available in 10 varieties and two strengths, three milligrams for fresh nicotine satisfaction and six milligrams for even more nicotine enjoyment. Simple and discreet. You can enjoy Zen anywhere, anytime. Find your freedom, find your satisfaction, find your Zen. Visit Zen.com. I lost my train of thought there, Sean. Uh, visit Zen.com, that's Z-Y-N.com, to learn more and to find Zen nicotine pouches near you. Zen nicotine pouches for adults 21 and over who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I thought you were about to say, when you said find your Zen, I thought you were going to say, <laughs> Jake Crowder needs to find I looked up stroke. and I saw I saw Jake Crowder trying to build a house That was in a Russell, Russell Westbrook three. Good Lord. There's a reason, Jeez. Mr. Crowder, that teams don't cover you at the three-point line. I wish I had the confidence that Russell Westbrook and Jake Crowder have. Hey. I mean, there's a reason they're in the NBA, that obviously. Like, good Lord. Lord. Like, there's a reason, my man, yeah. that they're leaving you wide open. That was part of the game plan. Coach went into the locker room and said, hey, Jake Crowder, 99, you're good. Just leave him out there. Let Ooh. him shoot. And honestly, the Pelicans hope he made that. Because then he just, oh, yeah, he checked, baby. Hey. But he's normally like a reliable, like, you know, role player. Give you 12, 13 a game. That was bad. He was yeah. wide open, too. So before I get into what Adrian Orjnarowski said today, I just want to bring something up. We're going to talk a lot of uh, NFL draft, as we have been one to do on this program. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are the NFL draft program here on the, uh, the VSIN network. We're moving lines, to be honest. So I wanted to get into that. So last night on the show, we talked about a bet that 
I wanted to, or that I did make, mm-hmm. which was Sauce Gardner over under seven and a half. Now, I give credit to Aaron Oster, our producer. On Friday, he went in and uh, I tailed on Sauce Gardner under seven and a half. The juice was minus 130 at Boyd Sports here in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. It was minus 150 at Caesars across the country yesterday. We talked about it, and you said four defensive coordinators yeah, that said. you spoke to mm-hmm. in the league yeah. said that Sauce Gardner was the number one player on their defensive board. Once again, defensive coaches don't have offensive boards. True. And mock drafts continue to come out. We had Ben Solak on saying, oh, I love under seven and a half because the Jets and the Giants reportedly love him. Mm-hmm. Jets have four, Giants have five and seven. Over under seven and a half at Caesars. Minus 150 last night, it's minus 210. Mm-hmm. Over on, uh, at, uh, at Boyd Sports Next Door, I believe, Aaron, is it like minus 250? Somewhere in that ballpark. And then DraftKings, as you see right here, said... Forget this. We're just going to move the number to five and a half. So there you go. Smart. Down to five and a half. I did make a little play. Uh, I uh, I followed your advice. I took a little play on top five as well at even money, but more so on the under seven and a half. And uh, hopefully it comes home. Hopefully we're, we're celebrating here on uh, draft night. Now, as I look at that, yeah, there's another play that I can't think kind of keeps jumping out at me. Okay. And that's Jermaine Johnson under nine and a half. Okay. It's only juice to minus 140, as we talked about yesterday. And with the draft, you, ha- you kind of have to be willing to lay juice. Yep. Jermaine Johnson is a baller. Yeah. I do think he goes in the top 10. So. 10 would be, you would lose the bet. But I right. mean, nine and under. Yeah. Seattle, I think it would make some sense. Um, Atlanta, they've been, I have a hard time figuring out Atlanta. I think everyone does. Because a lot of the mocks you see out there have them picking a wide receiver. Right. But they could just go. Let's best just get player. the best player on the yeah. board. And as you see right here, you know, for them to get an edge rusher, it's plus 380. Uh, DraftKings, wide receiver, is the favorite at plus 105. I wouldn't be surprised if they just said, you know what? We just need talent to come in here. We, we're we not very good. Let's just get the best player available. And and who knows how their board's going to be up? Do they have a wide receiver at higher than Jermaine Johnson? Um, or the Giants? I mean, let's say the see, I think the Jets and Giants are both going to take one defensive player with one of their early two picks. Now, who that is, we'll find out. But I do think the Jets and Giants will go one defense, one offense. I think I think Thibodeau to the Jets. Yeah, I think four. Jermaine Johnson's better. And maybe they do. And it's possible. I told you what kind of uh, you love city Jermaine New Johnson. York is, right? I know. Yeah, it's an okay, lo- okay city. You lo- yeah, you want to go out at 3 in the morning? Okay. <laughs> You want to be a fashion model? Okay. You want to be a broadcaster while you're playing NFL football? Okay. It's just like one of those cities. Like, everything you want is available. A guy like Kayvon Thibodeau, who a lot of people think has a lot of off-the-field interest. interest, You know, I don't know if that's the best city for him. I mean, if he goes and turns into Strahan, cool, but that's probably not likely. Not a lot of Michael Strahan's walking around the planet. By the way, uh, Memphis has extended their lead. They now lead by 22. Yeah, I need a 77 run. to 55. I actually have Minnesota plus eight and a half. Oh, you do? Yeah, and I don't think that's enough. You went against Ja Morant's uh, Instagram post or Twitter? Well, I didn't think Minnesota's going to win. I could use like a little run, Minnesota. Missing layups is not going to get it done. <laughs> 
7755 right now. I mean, you could go in game and uh and get Oh no, I've I've put enough investment into this. <laughs> it's over. I'm <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, we're actually going to talk some hockey, bottom of the hour. We should. Greg Wyshynski, Puck Daddy. Yeah, your co-host is called Puck Stradamus. That is true. So, always talk Self-named. Uh, by the way, the Panthers won. I saw that. There you go. I'm waiting on the Blues. We're 2-2 against the Bruins. Anyone uh, anyone out there, I want to show it. Uh, show us those tickets. I want to see someone who uh, bet on the Red Wings tonight. I want to see a, a plus you know, 380 ticket. You bet on the Red Wings, you believe? No, I never bet against the Lightning. I might not always bet with them, but I don't bet against them. See, I'm not like you. What, what does that mean? Because you bet against your Nationals. You took the under on their total. I don't go against my teams. I would rather sit out and not wager. Aaron, we got to go back and find some tape. There's definitely times that Sean nope. has bet against his teams. Nope. You said yesterday. I bet against the Rays yesterday. That's your team. It's 162 games. Yeah, and I bet against my team in the Nationals. Yeah, but the Lightning are in a playoff run uh, chase right now. Okay. Yeah, so why would I go against them? I don't bet against Notre Dame. That's the only team I don't bet against. Should. Won 11-1, 9-3 ATS. Just no, no big deal. Yeah, how'd you know that? Because that's what they did. It pains me that you're a Notre Dame fan. I have to like you. Your guy Marcus Freeman's the head coach. He is. My guy. I like Marcus Freeman. You like Al Washington. I assume. I don't know. I kind of pull for Freeman without pulling for Notre Dame. Is that possible? Probably not. Yeah. yeah. Remember, I bet against him in the bowl game. I know. It's a smart yeah. bet. I hated that bet. I hated Notre Dame in that spot. And they blew a 21-point lead. Why are we talking college football? Uh, because that's what we do. Because the just, Grizzlies are laying down. They have 55 points with 539 left in the third quarter. Your bet, it's it took impossible you, to it win It took like you that. one game to get off your boys the grindhouse there. You love Memphis. You couldn't stop talking about it. Oh, they're going to win the Western Conference. They're going to sweep Minnesota. They lose one game, and you bet against them. Yeah. Kind of. I didn't bet them. The, I thought the Timberwolves would be competitive. Obviously, the Timberwolves didn't get the memo. You never know. But, again, what I say, four minutes left in the forefront. So, here's what I'm going to do. The, I need the sun, I'm going to not watch any more okay. of the T-Wolves and Memphis Grizzlies until it gets to four minutes left in the fourth. And I'm just going to keep my fingers crossed. I hope I look up, and it's a 10-point game. By the way, uh, I need the uh, Suns to uh, pick it up here. Up one. Yeah, yeah you can let Jonas Valanciunas shoot. Yeah, that's, that was that's cool. Yeah, let, let shoot that with two hands? Let Jonas, my man, shoot Jeez. that. So uh, we don't have a ton of time to get to this. Uh, and maybe we'll save more of this. But Adrian Wojnarowski, NBA insider uh, from ESPN, had some interesting thoughts slash takes. Stop shooting threes, Jay Crowder. Did he say that? He should. Okay. Um, but basically, he's saying, my outburst right there, you're going to see more of those in the arena. And he didn't necessarily say that the Kyrie situation was because of gambling, but he felt like the scene that we saw over the weekend in Boston is something that's going to become more regular with sports gambling. I, I, hate, dis- I disagree. I just hate to use this specific situation because – of the vitriol that already exists between Kyrie Irving and the Boston fans. Philadelphia threw batteries at Scott Rowland. It had nothing to do with gambling. I think it creates more interest. I agree. Now, emotionally, it creates a larger attachment because there's a third entity that's involved, but I just don't want to utilize the Kyrie-Boston situation as a tipping point. I mean, because if there was no gambling, 
they don't like Kyrie. Kyrie yeah. does not like them. If gambling doesn't exist, that still happens. Yeah. Like I, I, I felt like it was a bizarre comparison to have. And I understand what he was saying, Sean. Before we go to break, yeah. having said that, I would have been very mean to Robin Lehner last night. <laughs> Lehner! Yeah, him. Lehner! Do you want me to goalie. say something? If he starts tomorrow, do you want I, me to say something? Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, I kind of want him to play poorly. Whew. I need my caps to win tomorrow night. Oh, it's not looking good for uh, Minnesota. They're down 27. All right, we'll talk some pucks next. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. It is the Nightcap here on VSN. Orleans Pelicans up seven, eight zero run right now. Two minutes to go in the first quarter. Looks like my uh, bet uh, is not going to come come to roost here. So we uh, we press on. Uh, a gentleman who knows a thing or two about the uh, National Hockey League joins us right now. Your former colleague, my guy, back in the day at Yahoo Sports, now doing big things at ESPN. It is Greg Wasinski at Wasinski on Twitter. Uh, a lot to get to. Uh, Greg, but let's start here in Las Vegas. This is a national show, but my partner, I think, wanted to uh, to to kind of break televisions last night because of the performance the Knights had. What is? Can you f- put your finger on the Knights? Because you know this is a team high expectations, and it felt like last night was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for their playoff chances. Is that is that going too far? Losing at home to New Jersey because you still have some teams ahead of them that have to take care of business. And, you know, uh, there's still a chance that one of those wildcard teams could falter. There's still a chance the LA Kings could falter. I mean, the the thing about the Kings, obviously, is their schedule down the stretch is a lot easier than Vegas is. But they still have some games against the Anaheim Ducks, a rivalry team, for example, and others that aren't going to be gimmies. And we are talking about an LA Kings team that is diminished uh, with Drew Doughty out of the lineup. So, I mean, it's not set in stone that the, that the, the Kings are going to make the playoffs and it's not set in stone that the Predators and the Dallas Stars are going to be in the wild card. That being said, last night was a classic trap game. I mean, you know, the Devils come to town. They're terrible. They're a terrible road team. You're playing Andrew Hammond, a 34-year-old whose uh, claim to fame is that when he was with Ottawa, fans threw hamburgers on the ice and he once got three McDonald's for like a year or something. <laughs> and then he comes in there and he, and he, and he, plays, like, he plays like Dominic Hoshik. You know, and I know that there's a symptomatic thing happening with the Knights where they keep on making these goalies look good, but he played really well, and, and, and it was one of those unexpected things, and uh, and I think, you know, maybe it's a, a case where they know they got the Capitals coming to town, I think it is next, and, and, and so they're looking ahead a little bit, um, but, uh, but it was one they had to have, because as I said, the Kings, no playoff teams left on their schedule, the Knights uh, have, have more than a few left on their schedule, and, uh, and that's a tougher road ahead. You know, when you look around the league right now, Greg, I know Jari's hurt in Pittsburgh. Vasilevsky's struggling with the Lightning. We've talked about Laner's issues with the Knights. Probably the only goalie that's really playing at a high level on a team that I think has a chance to win it is Georgiev with the Rangers. What's going on with the goaltending? Is it just like a fad that's going to pass? Is it a rule change? Like, why are so many of the goaltenders seem to be struggling? Well, it's an offensive boom this year. I mean, uh, you know, we wrote about a, we wrote a story about it on uh, ESPN.com uh, today, myself and Kristen Shilton, 
about how we are seeing scoring levels uh, at a rate that we've not seen since the mid-1990s, like right before the neutral zone, zone trap defense era. Um, it, it's insane. I mean, how, how many goals we're, we're seeing this season on a game-by-game basis, on a team-by-team basis. And there's a lot of different theories behind it. That's the kind of the crux of the story as we asked a bunch of players and coaches and executives their thoughts on why it's happening. And, you know, one of the things, obviously, is just the overall increase in skill level around this league where the, the shooters are ahead of the goalies and you've got young players in this league that aren't really being counted on to play any defense. Just get out there and score goals is kind of the mindset from these coaches. Um, and then, you know, goaltenders are hockey players are creatures of habit. Goaltenders are creatures of creatures of habit, right? And the fact of the matter is, is that their routine has been severely interrupted in the last two seasons by the COVID pandemic and not getting proper practice time and having the season be uh, compressed and, 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 and really kind of being out of sorts. And I think that that's affected the goalies as well. So it is kind of stunning to think about what's happened to goaltending. Typically what happens is this in the first quarter of the season, the goaltenders all stink. And then in the next three quarters of the season, their save percentage starts increasing and increasing as we get closer to the playoffs. And this year it's actually gone down as the season's gone on. So we're seeing something pretty unprecedented when it comes to the ineffectiveness of goalies in this league this year. You know, Greg, of course we know that the Avs have kind of been the perennial favorites from the very start to win it all. And everybody's so consumed, I think, with the teams competing to get in the playoffs. The Panthers have won 11 straight. The Blues are really on a hot streak. Who's the team outside of the Avs right now do you think is a real threat to, to hoist the Stanley Cup? No, I think you named the two that I'm kind of really high on. I mean, the Panthers over in the Eastern Conference, I think, are, are one of the most exciting teams we've seen come around in quite some time. Um, not only from a personality standpoint, I mean, you know, you can't go wrong with a team that's got Joe Thornton on it, looking for his first Stanley Cup with the big old beard and stuff. Um, but also just this incredible ability to never be out of a game and to find ways to score goals and win games. It's, it's really been fascinating to watch them become the team that they become. Keep in mind also the team that the, the team that they are is, is after uh, Joel Quenville had to resign because of that uh, sex abuse scandal that happened with the Blackhawks back when he was a coach there. Um, he only lasted the first, I think, seven games of the season. Then Andrew Brunette took over and they haven't missed a beat. Um, and then the, the Blues, I, you know, first of all, they broke my heart tonight. I had them on the puck line tonight against Boston. I don't think they're going to win that match. They just lost uh, in overtime. They lost in overtime. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, you know, you, you screw me on the bet. You might as well take the yellow of the team. Right? <laughs> I'm with you. You sound uh, like Sean right, when you say that. <laughs> so so, so in, until this game, uh, they've actually been playing extraordinarily well. Like you said, this, this breaks a, a pretty long losing uh, winning streak for them, rather. And what's exciting about the Blues is that um, they found a goalie besides Jordan Bennington, who hasn't really been the same guy since he led him to the cup in this kid, Billy Huso, um, really strong goaltender. If he can play in the playoffs anywhere near as, as good as he's played in the regular season, they're going to be in good shape. And they've had their best offensive season in like decades with the amount of goal scoring they, ha- they have on that roster, the emergence of two kids named Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. Like they're just a really good, exciting team, but they also have, that old school physicality when they need it, um, like they had when they won the cup. So Florida and, and, and St. Louis are the two teams that I think are right there with Colorado as far as being cup favorites right now. We're talking to Greg Wyshynski from, uh, from ESPN. Hey, real quickly, Greg, the team here in town, 
uh, Washington. It's my hometown team, so I'm going to throw in a hometown one. But you look at what they've done lately. I I wasn't a big believer in them coming into this year, but they've been playing really well. They've had some really impressive wins, and they go to Colorado last night, and they win. I have serious questions and concerns about their goaltending situation as well. When you look at Washington right now, and they're obviously an older team, can they make a run uh, towards uh, Lord Stanley Cup again? I don't know about a run, but they could definitely make some noise. I mean, you know, a run would, would require either Samsonov or uh, Vanacek to really step up and give you the kind of performances that they got out of, say, like Braden Holtby when they won the Cup that year. And I don't know if those guys necessarily have it in them. Um, I, I will say, though, that the way the East is kind of trending right now, where the Rangers are, are you know, making an assault at the top of the Metropolitan Division, uh, maybe Carolina drops a little bit now that Freddie Anderson's hurt. If Washington can sneak up and pass Pittsburgh for that third seed in the Metro Division, I think they've got a real shot at beating Carolina in that 2-3 series. They, they know that team. They've played that team. They've beaten that team. I don't think there's any uh, fear or intimidation on the part of the Capitals when it comes to playing the Hurricanes. And I think there's a bit of proof of concept there for them in winning that series, potentially. You know, in other sports, the champ is the champ, right, until somebody unseats them. And even when the champ is struggling, there's this belief that come playoff time, they're going to flip a switch and go back to playing like the champ. So my question, Greg, is right now you can get a pretty good price on a Tampa Bay Lightning. I think they're up to 10-1 to 1 to win the third Stanley Cup championship in a row. Talk me through Tampa. Are they alive, basically underdog going into the playoffs, or you just think this run that they're on is coming to its end? Well, they've been trying to figure out a way to flip the switch now, right? And they've not been able to. Like, the only game that they were really engaged in in the last couple months was that outdoor game in Nashville. The rest of the time, they've been taking some L's against some pretty mediocre uh, opponents like tonight against Detroit. Um, They've not really been able to put it all together. Uh, And and they're going to match up, it looks like, against a, a Toronto Maple Leafs team, which is just hitting on all cylinders and having Austin Matthews level up to a different uh, level of, of elite player status and, and looking great. Now, uh, granted, like when you pull the Leafs in the playoffs, all bets are off because it's the Leafs. They the disaster happens. They're famous <laughs> for it. Like, you know, so like, so like, even if you're not really high on the, on the lightning, there's still that in the back of your mind aspect of, well, they're going to play a team that can't seem to get out of its own way. And that completely folds in the, in the, in the face of any adversity. Um, and so it's all about the switch getting flipped. The switch getting flipped on Toronto, where all of a sudden their spines become gelatin uh, and they can't handle playoff pressure. And the switch getting flipped for Tampa, where all of a sudden they become these efficient playoff assassins, like we've seen in the previous two seasons. But I think there's real concern that they might that, that Tampa might not be able to flip that switch. They've just not been able to really put it together. And uh, and you know we've seen them go out in the first round before against Columbus a few years back. Um, but if if, uh, if they get that Toronto series, it's going to be a real challenge because the Leafs have really found themselves. I think this season. Greg, great stuff as great always. Stuff, we appreciate Greg. it. Anytime. Thanks for having me. There he is. Greg Wyshynski from ESPN. Follow him on Twitter at Wyshynski. It's the Nightcap. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening what's up everybody this is Stephen a smith when i'm not at my day job first tape you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen a smith show podcast tune in every monday wednesday and friday at the very least as i bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports pop culture business and politics You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C. And trending topics on social media. As well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Conquer the competition for cash with the Northland Clash on the Ice Challenge. Join two free-to-play pools and compete for your share of 10000 in total cash prizes with your hockey predictions. Head to DraftKings.com backslash the Northman now to join the action. The Northman in theaters April 22nd. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. 8.51 to go in the second quarter. The Pelicans have a three-point lead over the Phoenix Suns. Memphis still a long way ahead of Minnesota. I guess putting to rest what we thought 
might be an issue with a team like the Grizzlies, too young, too mm-hmm. much, too soon. The number two seed in the Western Conference is making a strong point tonight that they are here and they are here to stay. So as we look at the Pelicans versus the Suns, I know you had Suns minus four in the first quarter. That didn't come through. Three and a half. That also didn't come uh, How through. do you feel <laughs> moving forward now, having seen what you've seen, because you can get the Suns like at a reduced number. I think minus six and a half Suns is plus money. Yeah, on, on the end game. Yeah, what's interesting is if you look at uh, the box score right now, it's not like the Suns are shooting poorly, Sean. They're actually shooting fifty-one percent from the field. Um, you know, so far you've got a ton of second chance opportunities from the Pelicans. Already eight offensive rebounds. We talked about the Pelicans in Game One. Jonas Valanciunas had thirteen offensive rebounds himself. Uh, you know. Valanciunas, by the way, uh, if you wanted to play the over 12 and a half, he's got six rebounds already. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, so, can I interest you on this? Pre-flop. <laughs> yeah. The Suns were, what, minus 10 and a half? Uh, close nine and a half. Nine and a half. Where right now, nine? you can get the Suns minus eight and a half for the game mm-hmm. at plus 140. Hmm, plus 140. It's intriguing. Maybe. Well, you got to make a decision. Yeah. Like, this number's not going to exist in 10 minutes. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. My, my, my fingers are there. You should yeah. do it. Do it. Because they locked up the first half point spread, so they eliminated that. I still can't play Phoenix on the money line. This is minus 338. Yeah, you want to do that. So I think my only option right now is potentially... Minus eight and a half. How do you feel about that? Plus one forty. Yeah, sure. Why not? Get a little nuts. A little crazy here. Yeah, let me think about it. <laughs> I just said the same thing, and you you yelled at me. I just and, said, let me think about it. Um. By the way, this stat is just tremendous. Uh, from uh, Tyler Foljam over at uh, ESPN. He tweeted this out. So the Hawks lost tonight mm-hmm. and did not cover. All right. The Hawks. In their losses this season, I, I can't even believe this statistic. The Hawks lost tonight 115-105. to 105. Mm-hmm. Pretty tough beat if you took the points with the Hawks. Sean, they are 0-41 ATS in losses this year. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. 0-22 ATS as an underdog. Wow. That stat is... Is that not good? That is shocking. They can't. I mean, losing is one thing. They didn't even they haven't covered a game wow. when losing. Yeah, that's incredible. Not good. Oh, and forty-one ATS. That is tremendous. Not good. Great stat. Thank you, uh, Tyler, over there at uh, ESPN. So coming up top of the hour, I'm excited. Nate Tice, uh, he is a great analyst uh, over at the Athletic. Lives here in in town. And he's going to come in studio. We're going to break down some. Uh, you and him can break down players. We'll talk some over unders. Uh, DraftKings today put out a whole host of over unders today, adding more out there. Uh, Caesars as well here in Las Vegas. So anyone locally uh, can now bet a little bit more options out there here in Las Vegas. I was driving down Las Vegas Boulevard, which I rarely do, and I was like, "Why is there so much traffic by the Bellagio?" Well, the reason is, Sean, they're building their floating set right now for the NFL draft up there in the uh, right in front of the Bellagio. Yep, all 21 guys. Walk out there, shake the hand of Roger Goodell. Are they going to put the uh, the fountains on, too? 
going to do that in the background? They got to, right? I don't know. I'm not really sure how they're going to set that up. I'm sure it'll – I don't know. Because of the audio portion of the draft, is this going to be like the all-star game where, like, they have this skills competition going, but, like, everybody else is in T-Mobile arena? Well, they have a big tent uh, set up. Because of the wind lately, you have to have some kind of whip it. At least pre oh pre draft ceremony. Okay, so when you get drafted, you're you're in like there's a tent set up. I figure once the actual television portion of the draft started, I mean there's a lot of dialogue that happens. So you probably gonna need to be indoors. Uh, well they're like half in, half out. They got the big tent. They're semi out. Um, but there's gonna be sets all over. It's like monsoon winds. Why? Because add to the drama. Add to the drama. You're mean. Because, I mean, everyone that has a draft ticket is going to be nervous. Because, I mean, anyone that says they absolutely know this is happening. Like, I think Sauce Gardner could end up with the Texans. But he ain't waiting. position of Texans first pick is plus 400 defensive back. I actually, did I put a bet on that today? Yeah. I might have put a little bet on that. So, are they assuming that? The Lions are going to take Gardner? No, I think they're assuming that the Texans are going to go edge or offensive line. Hmm. Well, based on the odds, they're assuming that the well, that's the play then. Texans go. I agree. Yeah. I there's a I, I made a little uh, little bet on that. Uh, but before Nate comes in studio, we've talked a lot about the wide receiver class. You have six first round grades for wide receivers. Mm, Is that correct? Six and a half, seven. Really? It could go up. I mean, there are some good players at wide receiver. But you're, I forget, Dotson, yay or nay? No, I'm not a big, I'm not as high on Dotson. But you're very I think high he's on Christian limited. Watson. Yeah, I'm very high on Christian Watson. What about, you like Burks? Yeah, Burks, a lot. I like Sky more. I, I think um, there's some more value at other positions. Bell, you don't think is a first-round pick, but you like him. Yeah, he's going to be a good player. Pickens? But he didn't test high enough. See, Pickens is why I say six, potentially seven. Because before George Pickens got injured at Georgia, especially after his freshman year, a lot of people thought he was going to be the number one player in his class. You know, he's kind of gotten banged up. He came back. He played. I mean, everybody saw the quarterback roulette that was being played at the quarterback position, the way they were trying to limit the quarterback's exposure to making mistakes. So it wasn't like he was in this wide-open offense and getting all these opportunities, you know, to really be a great player. But – if I show you George Pickens' highlight film, he looks just as good as any of them. So guys like Pickens are the reason that I don't know about seven. Because Justin Ross at Clemson, I mean, he didn't run great. But if you look at his freshman year when he had Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, I mean, he's the first-round pick. So, so there are some guys that are very intriguing at wide receiver. It's going to be fascinating Tim, if Evan Neal and Iki Aquanu go really early. I think they'll both go top five. There's a big drop-off, in my opinion, from those guys to the rest of the offensive line class. And that's what's going to be intriguing for me, is once we get to the middle of the first round, do you reach on a developmental O-lineman, or do you take a what you think can be Pro Bowl caliber wide receiver? So the question I have for you is, Sitting there at six, we did this exercise last week, right, where I gave you a scenario where Hutchinson, Walker, Gardner, and the two offensive linemen, Ike Aquanu mm-hmm. and, uh, and Neil were gone. What do you do at six? Throw up in your mouth a little. 
because there's been a feeling around the league, maybe they'll go Charles Cross, but you don't yeah. think Charles no, Cross is worthy of the six pick? Charles Cross doesn't help Carolina because he's not ready to play right away. And they need immediate help. See, Evan Neal, uh, Equanu, they're starters day one. Skill set, size, talent, potential. You know, you're installing them day one. Charles Cross, to me, is a guy, he has athletic ability, but I think he's a year away from a good team being able to line up, especially a tackle. You, you know, know so. you want to bet that, and we haven't gotten into offensive line. Oh, actually, we did. The one bet that I've been debating, I've been throwing around, is over Tyler Linderbaum, the center. I think he falls out of the first round. You think so? Yeah. There's a lot of people who say he could go to Cincinnati at 31, which is fine by me. It's sitting at 27 and a half. You see, we'll pull it up on the screen here for you. There are some people who think they could go to Dallas at 24, but at center, I mean, we've talked about Kyle Hamilton, the value of the safety position. Mm -hmm. Are you going to spend a first round pick on a center? That's the question, and especially one that you know isn't like. He's got what smaller arms, right? He's not the the biggest dude. I don't know. The problem with that is that's the, what I'm the, kicking around. And I was looking for the exact names, but the Bengals picked up three free agent offensive linemen. But did they pick up a center? Yeah, I know, but I mean, at 31, if you're the Bengals, you can get a plug and play starting center. I don't care. That's fine. That, that over hits. Well, much more on this. We'll get you update on the NBA games. Nate Tice from the Athletic will join us in studio next, right here on the Nightcap. On the Nightcap. On the Nightcap. On the nightcap. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.